We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Thank you. Please be seated. During this proceeding uh, is an opportunity for those of you who are most affected by this um, heinous act to address the court and address the defendant. But I am sure that you are all disturbed by <clears throat> the physicality that we've seen in the courtroom here today. And, and I understand that emotion and I understand the anger, but we cannot have that in the courtroom. And I am prepared to give anyone that needs to speak an opportunity to speak. Um, and I know that you need to address some of your comments to the defendant, but we must conduct ourselves appropriately because we are all better than that. And so we will continue with the proceeding at this time. And anyone that is feeling overwhelmed by their emotions, I would ask that you perhaps step out in the hallway and take a moment to gather yourself. But we are here today to allow you to express yourself and I will allow you to do that, but I need you to stay at the podium. We can bring the defendant in, please. The record will reflect that the defendant is uh, present in the courtroom and we are ready to proceed. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Zanetta Everhart and I am here on behalf of my son, Zaire Goodman. 
On May 14, 2022, my son Zaire Goodman was at work doing what young people do. He was working at his part-time job and then terror struck. A terrorist shot Zaire point blank in the neck and the bullet fragments tore through his body and exited his back. He miraculously survived, but his life is now forever changed. Over the last several months, his life has been all about going to the doctor, seeing therapists, and trying to make peace with knowing that someone came into his community and tried to kill him because of the color of his skin. And then questioning why his life was spared when 10 others did not survive. It is an understatement to say that he has survivor's guilt. He is dealing with the pain that I, as a mother, cannot heal. The ideology to which this terrorist carried out this attack by some is labeled as a sickness or a disease. It is not. Racism, hatred, and white supremacy are lifestyles that are chosen. On that day, Zaire chose to get up and go to work. And that terrorist chose to drive a few hundred miles to shoot and kill 10 people and seriously injure three others. As humans, we have the ability to decipher right from wrong and make choices accordingly. No matter what choice we make, we have to deal with the consequences of that choice, good, bad, or indifferent. On that day, this terrorist made the choice that the value of a black human meant nothing to him. The disregard he has for human life and the callousness to which he carried out this attack on my son and my community not only makes him a monster, but a coward. Only a weak human takes out their pain on others. The world says you have to forgive in order to move on. But I stand before you today to say that will never happen. Forgiveness to me puts this tragedy in the laps of the victims, and I nor my son will accept the responsibility of his terroristic act. This is his and his alone. It is he who will need to ask for forgiveness. As he lay in his cell late at night, when he can't sleep. I hope that he is thinking of the 10 lives that he stole from us. I want him to think about my son, who he shot, and the other survivors. I want him to think about the community he tried to destroy. And when the sun comes up, I want him to know that that is Zaire. That is my son, Zaire, my son Goodman, showing you that what you did to him hurt, but he continues to shine. Whatever the sentence is that he receives, it will never be enough to pay for the damage that he has caused. I hope that he receives the fate that he deserves. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Stephanie. On May 14th at 11 a.m., I was on a Zoom with the group I've been in for years called Erase. Our slogan is Eracism. We seek through person-to-person -person communication to eradicate the disease of racism and white supremacy. A few hours after my Zoom ended, I called my sister to visit with her. She answered the phone. She said, Steph, I'm in an ambulance. I've been shot in the head. If I die, please be there for my children. A lot of people have been killed. Please ask everyone that we know to pray. I begged her to stay on the phone, not knowing if I would ever speak to her again. 
She hung up and I headed to the airport. It wasn't until I was sitting in the airport in the plane that my nephew called and said, Aunt Steph, it was a white supremacist. He filmed the entire thing on live stream. I groaned and roared and screamed so loudly that the plane was delayed in taking off. I roared in pain for my sister, my beautiful sister, pharmacist who was serving in the east side. I never knew if I would see her again. I roared also in pain for my brothers and sisters who do not look like me or like the defendant. I roared in pain because he bought into the lies of this country that somehow, because of the amount of the chemical in our skin, we are superior. We were not even the first ones here in the US, okay? Our black and brown brothers and sisters endured centuries not years, centuries of oppression as they built our buildings and produced our crops by which the foundation of this country was built on. They continue to endure oppression. Even the Harvard lawyer is mistaken continually in the courtroom for the defendant and not the, not the lawyer. They continue to endure microaggressions they continue to have their families gunned down simply because of the color of their skin. You heard some of the family members today reading from the Bible, offering forgiveness, offering peace, showing the beauty of their hearts. Yes, you also saw the fury. And for those who serve, who have to ask people to sit, I ask you to do it with an empathy in your heart and an understanding that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, we have been looking at our brown brothers and sisters as if they were less than. They are not less than. They deserve our respect. They deserve our radical empathy. They deserve for us to get educated on what we can do to treat them with the respect that they deserve. I'm speaking not only for my sister who served in the East Side. My mother's not with me. She's a teacher on the East Side. She's teaching today. Our father, my late father, was a cancer research scientist, master's and a PhD. He dedicated his life to serving. For the last 30 years on the east side, he ran a mission, helping people that deserve to be here, that deserve to be helped. So I ask you, Judge, I wish you could promise that the defendant would never have access to social media for the time that he's alive. I know that's not practical, but I would ask you, the defendant, please, please consider the possibility that you were wrong and that we are stronger together. Diversity makes us beautiful. If every color in the palette was the same color, we would have no beauty in anything in this world. Diversity in the body makes us strong. If every finger was a pinky, we couldn't do anything. We are stronger together. A house divided cannot stand. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Your Honor. Uh, Christopher Braden. It has been less than a year since you attacked me and 12 others that day, along with countless numbers of TOPS employees, customers, and residents of that area. I still remember May 14, 2022, and everything about it still haunts me. Your actions have completely changed and impacted my life in every aspect. I cannot even begin to feel, describe the feeling of terror I had on that Saturday afternoon when I was attacked by you. 
I was shot in the leg. Um, I was shot on the inside of my leg, just above my knee, and the bullet exited outside below my knee, taking almost everything with it. Um, the injuries I sustained were severe, but I remained conscious and coherent the entire time. I unfortunately saw a few victims being killed. As I was being taken out of the store after the shooting was over, I saw all the victims where they lay. The visions haunt me in my sleep every night and most days. I cannot get those memories out of my head. Nighttime is the worst for my PTSD. I have night terrors that jerk me awake in the middle of the night, and I'm unable to calm back down to go back to sleep. Loud noises never modeled me before, but they do now. I am always on edge and hypervigilant about my surroundings, feeling the need to be always on alert and protect myself. I spent 10 days in the hospital, endured four surgeries with two more surgeries to go. My left leg below my knee was nearly lost had it not been for the excellent work of my surgeons and the entire team at ECMC. It takes me at least 15 minutes every morning just to get out of bed because my left leg and foot don't work as they should. Without the brace on my foot, it drags and I am not able to flex it. I have no feeling from my knee down to my toe. Both of these things are permanent. I just started being able to put my own sock on and shoe, although some shoes I still have trouble with. I am frustrated with the things that I haven't been able to do since my injury. I could speak for hours about my injuries and treatment, as well as the permanency of these injuries. The stress of not being able to return to work, the pain I suffered hospitalized that continues to this day, uh, extensive rehab I have gone through. However, I would rather talk about being a survivor. I'm still the same person that I was before you did this to me. My scars and pain remind me of how strong I've become. I am more alive and stronger than ever. You haven't taken away my will to live. You haven't broken my spirit. The scars are a constant reminder of what happened to me, but don't define my future. Thank you. Brian Talley. I'm here on behalf of Geraldine Talley and my nephew Mark Talley. Um, Peyton Gendron. Peyton Gendron. The reason I mention your name is because so many people have spoke about it not to say anything, not to mention your name, but you need to be known. You need to be known worldwide. I've done a little history on you too, Peyton. Um, I watched a video, you know, and I just can't believe what can you say, what can you possibly say after putting on a video of killing people? It was like a video game to you. What can you possibly say to anybody? Your words don't mean anything. After this, I'm leaving because I don't want to hear what you have to say. It doesn't make a difference. I'm going to give you a little history lesson. The Willie Lynch doctrine, the making of a slave, it said you take the biggest, the toughest, and the blackest nigger. You take him. You tie a horse to one arm. You tie a horse to the other arm. You tie a horse to one leg and tie a horse to the other leg. And then you rip him apart in front of every slave to let you know what it is. You did that to us. You came into the biggest part, the strongest part of the black community, and you ripped us apart. 
How can you possibly get any kind of, how can you possibly stand up here and say that you're sorry? That you're sorry, you're playing this whole thing. You planned it, you put it on a video, like it was a video game and watched it. I watched my sister-in-law get shot by you. I watched it. I went in the tops a couple times and every time I go in there, only thing plays out in my mind is where you walked, where you shot, what you did. No. The hatred that you must have in your heart for black people, I will never understand. I don't want to understand it. But I must say this, I pray to God they do not kill you. Because I've been incarcerated, you know, I have. And I know where you're going, where you're going, solitary confinement for the rest of your life, by yourself. Wearing this color green, that's why I wore green today. Because I want you to remember this color. You're going to be wearing this color for the rest of your life. I'm praying that you wear this for the rest of your life. I will say this. My nephew didn't come today because of the hate and the pain that he feel. And I don't blame him. I do not blame him. Because he's still hurting. This whole community is hurting, man. You know, you broke it. You, you divided this community so much that it's... It's painful. We'll never heal for this. Can you imagine? You wake up on a Sunday morning, and you're going shopping, and you're going shopping on a graveyard? Because that's what Tops is now, it's a graveyard. Huh. It's a graveyard. Can you imagine going to buy your grocery at Forest Lawn, right in the middle of Forest Lawn right now? Well, that's what you did. And if you look at the community right now on Jefferson Avenue, after all the hype and everything, nothing has changed. As a matter of fact, it's got even worse. It's got even worse. Stores is closed down. The community is totally devastated. And you did this. I, I pray to God for your soul. I forgive you. But I forgive you not for your sake, but for mine and for this black community. I forgive you. Because that's the only way we're going to heal. But you can best believe I will never forget your name. I will follow you. Every, every your parole, whenever you whatever you're going through, I'm gonna follow you, just like you followed us, just like you sat down and you followed us. I will always remember your face. I will never ever forget you. Thank you, Mr. Taylor. My name is Michelle, my last name is Spite. I lost an aunt on May 14th and a cousin. What are the chances that two of your family members would be in the same place from two different sides of your family? This is the first time I really had to process this for myself as I've been an advocate for my families that couldn't be as strong to speak for themselves. The calculated manifesto that you derived, the way that you started on a street that I grew up on. You journeyed down my grandmother's street and then wound up at Tops and killed two of my family members. 
My cousin Pamela Young, that was, Pearl Young was her mother. She was her only daughter. So I stand here to represent James Young, her son, Damon Young, her son, Pamela Young, her daughter, and all of her grandchildren, Oriana, Greg, Nate, and a host of others. I'm going to read Pamela's statement. She could not be here today. It's entitled Residency. What will take up residency? Will it be May 14th, 2022? Or the court appearance, or every interview, or every time I've had to send my mother's death certificate to an insurance company with the cause of death being multiple gunshot wounds to the head. You didn't shoot her once, but you turned around and shot her two times. So much so that her, her viewing could not even be made by her family. I don't feign strength, great strength. Some mornings I wake up with questions of why my mother. I still recall the day I viewed my mother's body for the final time at the funeral home. Her face held no familiar semblance, and I couldn't even get her wedding ring on her finger because so much of her was distorted. I am jealous of my friends and family because they can remember all the beauty of her smile and I grapple with my final image. But then I think, what has the right to take a residency in my mind? I remember being an eight-year-old girl traveling with her to UB as she completed her college degree. The experience of watching her earn her degree and realizing that I could attain one. She was my inspiration. I remember my mother's advice on the day of my marriage, her presence at the births of all three of my children. There, also, there was also a time nearly 15 years ago when she lived with me for six months. She needed to recover from a major surgery in a home where she could maneuver around easily. My mother spent those months with me and my husband. We drank coffee together and talked for hours. I was so grateful to be able to care for her as she had done for me throughout my childhood. I vividly recall October 31st, 2019, the night my husband passed away unexpectedly. I arrived at her house full of tears. She brushed my hair as I lay on her lap as if I were a five-year-old girl again. I have so many other memories that I've decided to write them in my journal. May 14th will always be a memory of a heinous and monstrous act of violence perpetuated by an angry man against my mother simply because of her race. An act of hatred and white supremacy. But I won't allow it to take up residency in my mind. Not when there is so much more about my mother that deserves residency there. So when my mind is invaded by May 14th, 2022, I will allow the tears to fall and the question of why to utter from my lips. But afterwards, I'll take out my journal to remember all the precious moments with my mother. Two minutes and three seconds won't steal those memories. But Peyton, 
I hope you are haunted every day and every night. I hope nightmares invade your sleep and convict and conviction be your constant companion. You came to Buffalo with hatred and anger in your heart. You terrorized a community, took the life of my best friend, but your anger and hatred is not greater than my love for my mother. Beautiful thoughts of her are in my mind as I write tonight. I, I'm reminded of one of my favorite scriptures and it says, now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Philippians 4 and 8. This will take up residency in my mind. Pamela Young Pritchett. And the final reading on behalf of the Morrison family, um, specifically um, Fred Morrison and his mother, who is 72, who on her birthday buried her son. Thanks, Peyton, for that. Dear sirs, the dreadful afternoon of May 14th was the day my world was turned upside down. My life has been altered in unimaginable ways. The sheer agony I felt waiting at the Mikowski School for the confirmation that my brother was one of the victims of this senseless massacre by a white supremacist is riveting. I never imagined my best friend, my only left brother, one who I shared holidays, birthdays, football game days, and most remarkably, our most precious gift we share in our mom. Now, all mom and I have left are a million questions of why, tons of lifeless pictures and a plethora of distant memories and countless tears of insurmountable pain. Thank you for that, Peyton. Oftentimes, my daily struggle is the feeling of not even wanting to live my life without him. Margus and I were inseparable. Margus was the middle son, the only living brother I had the one that fiercely protected me and my mother. He was preceded in death by my eldest brother who died suddenly from a heart attack. Now guess what, Peyton? I'm reliving the pain of loss all over again on an entire new level. Since his murder, I sometimes find myself challenged by not being able to sleep soundly, paranoia going through stores, and in my daily routine, always watching my back as if there was a target attached to me. The added responsibility of being the primary caretaker for our mother who suffered a stroke, in case you were concerned, and losing capacity to speak. I'm now left as the only child and pillow she sheds her tears of missing her baby boy Marcus Morrison on. No mother, no mother should have to bury their child, but my mother, buried her son, Margus, on her 72nd birthday. And Margus' daughter buried her dad on her 16th birthday. I hope you spend the rest of your life, every second, every minute, every hour, rehearsing the daunting sound of the screams and the echoes of the lives you snuffed out. 
I pray that when you blink your eyes, Peyton, you close them at night to sleep and you see images of the slain and feel the burden of the sorrow from every family member and friend of the fallen loved ones in our entire community of 514. I pray that every second and every minute of your 24 hours will haunt you as the absence of my brother at every birthday, holiday, game day, family gathering, and all the other times we shared. They have now become nothing but gloom and grueling for me and my family. The fact that you can sit in this courtroom with no remorse, flat affect, emotionless, shows the essence of your privilege, sir. One that my brother never had and never will. The fact that you are surrounded by white officers after you casually surrendered while my brother's blood drained from his body is a testament to society that we have a long way to go. And some people's blood is just not as important as others. Thus the reason you lived and you have the privilege of being protected. Needless to say, there is one, and I must address you, there is one Peyton that sees all and you will not escape the fury of the Almighty. One scripture is true in the Bible, and that is, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and he will repay. I pray he is merciful because I too need mercy. So I pray he is merciful to let you live so that you can be reminded of the innocent blood that my brother shed behind your calculated, sinister, demonic act that caused my beloved brother to be snatched from our family. If you don't know God, Peyton, I invite you to find him because you are going to need him. With deep sorrow, Fred Morrison, brother of Marcus Morrison. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. saying my dad was Andre McNeil. He um, went to that store to get a cake for my little brother because May 14th is his birthday, my little brother's birthday. And he turned three years old and he didn't get to celebrate his birthday with his dad because he never came back. So um, I was told to write an impact statement. First I was being selfish and I said I wasn't going to do it, but then I remember I wasn't doing it for this selfish coward or the courts or the press, but I was doing it for my dad, my best friend who was snatched from this world because of something he couldn't change, the color of his skin. After I lost my Uncle Bebe, my dad's brother, I made my dad promise me to stay on top of his health because I didn't want to lose him. And even though we had separation in life, once we did rekindle, we were inseparable. I called him for literally everything, 
especially when I wasn't getting my way because I knew he would make a way. But most of all, I would be lost without him because I finally found somebody who understood me to a T. We thought a lot alike. And even though he had to be dad before a friend, I always respected everything he said. He was so wise and he made the world easier to live in because he had all the answers to my wild questions. When I was around him, I wanted, I wanted to know his every move, where he was going, what he was doing, and I made sure I tagged along. And the one time he leaves without me, he doesn't come back. After this happened, I constantly beat myself up about him going, and I'm still pissed off because he wasn't given a chance to fight. He was blindsided. You hit him and he didn't even know he got hit. He was blindsided by a hateful death at the hands of a selfish boy who was obviously not educated on the history of African Americans. And because of you murdering my dad, I'm pissed and I'm sad and I hate you. And I didn't think I would be strong enough to look you in the face and tell you this. And how much you hurt me, my little brother who's three years old got to grow up without his dad. His brothers, my dad's sisters, his nieces, nephews, his grandkids. Our dad, the man who created us, was killed by a little boy who was obviously raised by hateful people. And I hate your parents too, so let them know that. And there is nothing in this world, no amount of money, anything anyone can say that'll change how I feel. This is the worst way to lose someone. So close to you, I'll never forgive you. And I don't have it in me because no matter what, it wasn't my time, it wasn't my dad's time to go. And who are you to think you control that? My father, Andre McNeil Sr., his name will live on until the day I die. So you, I don't know what else to say to you. I just hope you feel bad. I really do. And I hope, I just hope you go through it in prison. That's all I got. Thank you. Good morning. Hello. I'm Dion Elliott. I am Andre McNeil's brother. Andre, me and Andre are 11 months and eight days apart. On the 28th, I'll turn 53. On March 8th, he'll turn 54. Peyton, you took this from me. You took the last of my line. My mother died three days before 9-11. My brother, baby brother died in 2017. My father died in 2017. I'm all that's left besides my baby sister. But what I grew up with, you took from me, which was my brothers, my, my last, the oldest, the only one I had, the only one I could go to, you know, I became homeless, and he came in and found me and got me and brought me to his house. And shortly thus, after that, you know, he planned a party for my nephew and asked me to be here, you know, because of my work and trying to better my life. I didn't make it. But any other thing and any other day that he's in Auburn is where he lived. We were born and raised in Buffalo, yes, we are from Buffalo. Yes, this is our home. 
So you took a lot from me when you came into Buffalo and you drove past Auburn. You know, because Conklin's not that far from Auburn. Actually, I don't understand why, you know, you came all the way to Buffalo when there was a million different black communities. But you shouldn't have came anywhere. You should have sat in your car first and thought about your actions. As an 18-year-old, I don't know how you could even continue on. I don't know who helped you, who talked you into it. You know, because I know a lot of 18-year-olds, white boys, so you know this. I know a lot of 18-year-old Caucasian, little friends of mine, I call them little homies. None of them are racist, so I'm confused. Especially the three that I know from Conklin, where you're from. So I'm confused on how you got past everybody with your ideology and all this nonsense. You have all these protectors of you, but so that you know that they're here now. Where you're going, I've been, and your own kind's gonna get you, just so you know. I've been in that prison. Your own kind is going to get you. Everything that you think that you know about prison and whatever they told you is a lie. Trust me, I've been there. You can ask anybody here to look up my name and they'll find three different New York State ID numbers, which you're about to be. And your own kind's gonna get you. They're gonna befriend you. They're gonna do you real filthy. That's the sad part about it. But you took 53 years from me. You took the last of my life from me. All that I grew up with, all that I know is gone. All of it. It was all I had left. And you came in here in New Buffalo on May 14th and took that from me. I'll never understand why. I don't think anybody will. But you will get what you got coming. You will. That is a promise. As someone said, vengeance, God says vengeance is mine. He'll get you. He will get you for all of us. Do I hate you? No. Do I want to hurt you? Yes. And trust me and believe. These dudes can't stop me, really. I'm the littlest thing in here and very agile. But I don't want to hurt you. And I don't, I got nine children, ten children I got to go home to. Andre had five. And he can't even, they can't even see him anymore. And my nephew, my three-year-old nephew, every day, Calling for his father? And he, and, he, and he can't? He's not coming? You know how bad that hurts? You know, it, it's sad when I gotta ignore my nephew's phone calls to tell him his daddy's not coming. It's sad. Because that's all he wants to know. And I don't have an answer. You took a lot from me. You took a lot from my family. But me, the last, 
I have no mother, no father, no brothers anymore. You know what you took? I don't understand. Your Honor, you've had an opportunity to hear from some of the victim's family members. They've spoken about the effect that this heinous, racially motivated act had on them, their family members, their friends, and their community. However, there are additional family members you've not heard from today. Some uh, wrote statements and chose not to speak. Others could not bear to write a statement and relive one of the most traumatic events of their lives. I would like to speak on behalf of all of those personally affected who chose not to submit a statement. And then I'd like to speak on behalf of the DA's office. Hayward Patterson's family members did not wish to speak today and did not submit a victim impact letter. Nonetheless, I can assure this court that their reluctance to speak or write a letter is because of how difficult this process is which everyone has seen today. Everyone who was in TOPS on May 14th of 2022 or knew someone who was killed on that day has experienced trauma that is not easy to speak about. Their absence is not an indication that they don't care about the outcome or that they've simply moved on. In actuality, it's an indication that they're still recovering and learning to cope and cannot yet bring themselves to confront the defendant or even articulate all of their feelings in a letter. I'd like to focus on the people who were at Top Supermarket on the day of the attack for a moment. While there are many people who escaped that horrible event alive and physically unharmed, they will be scarred emotionally for the rest of their lives. I visited the Top Supermarket where this all occurred in the aftermath of the incident, and it certainly had an immediate effect on me and I was only present for a limited amount of time. I can't imagine what the survivors of this incident were going through during the incident as they remained hidden and quiet, hoping and praying that the defendant didn't find them and end their lives too. This time, Yarn, I'll speak on behalf of the DA's office. On May 14th of 2022, this defendant displayed a callous disregard for human life. He drove over 200 miles out of his way with one mission, with one goal, to kill as many black people as possible. During that three-hour drive, he could have turned around, but he wouldn't be deterred. He was steadfast to accomplish his goal of killing as many black people as possible and starting a race war. He fed into propaganda and lies that convinced him that somehow these innocent people who he had never heard of, who had never heard of him, who had never had a conversation with him, 
who had never even met him were a threat to his very existence and identity as a white man. The defendant executed 10 people and wounded three others in slightly over two minutes. The only time he expressed a scintilla of remorse or regret is when he apologized to Christopher Braden, a white man, for shooting him. Any statement of expression or remorse at this point, any tears fall flat in the face of such violent actions. And I wholeheartedly believe that the only other regret that the defendant has is that he didn't kill more black people before he was apprehended by Buffalo police officers. In fact, the defendant was so sure of his beliefs, which were based on lies and propaganda, that he live streamed his attack with the goal of inspiring others to commit similar attacks, with the goal of tearing this community down, with the goal of spreading hatred and fear. He failed. This community is pulled together. People of all races, sexual orientations, and religions working together to show love and unity for one another. On May 14th of 2022, 10 beautiful and innocent lives were violently taken from their family, friends, and community because the defendant subscribed to hateful ideology. However, their legacy won't be as victims struck down by someone with unfathomable hatred in his heart. But instead, it'll be as a beacon of light that has brought love to this community, that made this community stronger, that united people of all races throughout our community and our country. The defendant's legacy, on the other hand, will be of a cowardly murderer who killed unarmed citizens. The defendant thought that this would create enough tension to start a race war, that we would turn on each other, he thought that everyone has as much hate in their hearts as he does. But he was wrong, and again, he failed. This community showed that they are not as ugly as the defendant's hateful ideology, and instead of choosing violence, they chose love. They showed the world that the love of this community will always be stronger than white supremacist hatred. And hopefully, the defendant will have to live with his failure for the rest of his life in a jail cell while this community continues to flourish. Your Honor, this sentencing is an opportunity to say no to racism, to say no to hate, our chance to hold this defendant accountable and show others that think like the defendant that these acts have no place in our society and that there will be dire consequences for anyone who tries to follow in his footsteps. I ask your honor to do what justice demands, to sentence this defendant to the maximum possible sentence allowable by our laws in New York State, to sentence him to a period of life without parole. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Clinton. <coughs> Have the people had an opportunity to review the pre-sentence investigation, and is there anything you'd like to make a record about with regard to that? We have had an opportunity to do it, and we have nothing to add, Your Honor. Thank you. Thank you. Anything uh, further from the people? No, Your Honor. Thank you. Mr. Parker.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 